Well, hello friends, this is Pastor Frank, and thanks for coming by. This is it. We call it AGM Radio, and one thing I know is this. I want to always remind you about how much God loves you. He loves you more than words could ever express. But the Bible makes it clear how he loves us. He proved his love. Why? How did he prove his love? He showed his love. He didn't just say, like many people do, you know, I really love you. Well, that sounds nice. But Jesus did more than talk about it. He put it into action. And he couldn't have done more than, no one else could do what he did. You see, I have guilt. I have a sinful past. I am what the Bible calls a sinner. But don't go away thinking that you're okay, because you're not okay. You are a sinner as well. Because the Bible says, all have sinned. So you're a sinner. But what does that have to do with the love of Jesus? Well, it's this. Jesus loves you so much, he carried your sins, my sins, to a cross. And he took the blame for our sin. Yes, he did. He was judged in our place for all the wrong we've ever done in our life. You can't say that God doesn't love you. You may not like the idea of having a God that you have to be responsible to, but whatever you think, one thing I do know is this, you can't disprove it. The Bible makes it absolutely clear. Jesus loves you. And he came to die for your sin and mine. Now, if that doesn't encourage you, there's something wrong someplace. Now, I know you could get confused. You could go to a church that's legalistic, and you're telling you, you, they're telling you you can do this, but you can't do that, you can't do this, and you can't do that, which has a good place in life. There are things we shouldn't do, and there are things we should do, but that's not the point here. Jesus loved you and died for you on the cross, and that was pretty unconditional, wasn't it? He carried your sins, carried my sins. It's absolutely true. Now, speaking about the truth, we're turning to a passage in the Gospel of John. Is this John? Yes, the Gospel yes. of John. And we're going to read a few passages here. I won't read too much because of time, but I'd like to read enough to give us something to think about and talk about. And I hope you have something you would like to share about this subject as well. And make sure you be in touch with us, and I'll tell you how to do that before the broadcast is over. So if you did have a Bible, and I know uh, our partner Ray is here, and Ron as well, and I'd like to read, have Ray read a few passages for us. And this is the encounter that Jesus has with Pontius Pilate just shortly before he's taken away to prison and crucified for our sins. And so let's read here in John 18. Uh, we have to start a, a passage, Ray. Would you, what verses would you like to read there? Well, actually, Pastor, it's the whole thing kind of is from verse 28 to 38. 
But uh, that would be up to you what you wanted to talk about today and where we start and where we end. Okay, why don't we begin then at, at verse 31 and read it to the end of the chapter. Okay. Then they said to them, you, now this is Pilate, and right. Pilate said to them, the Jews, yep. you take him and judge him according to uh, your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. Now, that's something I want to ask you about too, Pastor, a little later. But uh, now, verse 32, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the Presidium, again called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Then Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You said rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And then he said, This he went up, and when he said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in this man. You could stop right there, right? It's an amazing story, it's an amazing paragraph here that has always touched me very deeply. You know, sometimes in the Bible, Jesus makes it clear, the Bible makes it clear, that Jesus is God the Son. Many people reject that idea, but the Bible makes it clear. Even this passage here, are you a king then, is what Pilate makes reference to about Jesus. And Jesus said, Mike, he said he is a king. And he also said, my kingdom is not of this world. Isn't it kind of obvious that Jesus came from another kingdom, which is God's kingdom? That's very simply what it implies. And he came here for a reason. The reason is to tell the truth about who he is. And that's when Pilate and Jesus go deeper into conversation here. Now, where is the verse, unless I'm missing something, uh, where Pilate said to Jesus, uh, what is truth? Did I miss that? That's in 27. It is 27. 37. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, uh, 37. Right. So Pilate said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus said, you, you, you're right. You say rightly, I am a king. 
That's why I came into this world, he goes on to say. But then Pilate made this amazing statement, which really touches me deeply. Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? Now, that's an amazing word from Jesus in many ways, different ways. And there are many things about this whole subject that we could think about. But as I was thinking about it earlier today, that Jesus always spoke absolute truth. When he spoke, it was truth. You know, when we talk about truth, and none of us are always honest, some of us say we tell the truth and then we don't. Uh, We may go halfway with telling the truth. Sometimes we lie about things. We have good reasons, we think, to do that. But that was impossible for Jesus to do. He couldn't lie, Ray. What, what is this? And how does it, look at how Jesus <laughs> responded to it. He said that he is from another kingdom. Jesus always spoke absolute truth. And you know why I want to touch on that word absolute truth? Is because in our culture today, in our society, even the intelligentsia, even colleges, public schools, people of learning and teaching, many believe today that there is no such thing as truth. Now, wait a minute. Someone's listening to me somewhere in our radio audience. Let me say it one more time. Many people today believe and are taught in our educational system that there is no such thing as absolute truth. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that that just kind of blows me away uh, of how that is today. I want to tell you guys something. I don't want to take over this conversation. But I was reading how Josh McDowell, you may know him. He's written books. He's been around a long time. And one of his well-known books is titled Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And so Josh McDowell has always been a great apologist, as well as teaching the Bible very accurately. Well, he, some time ago, I'm not sure how long ago it was, but it's not too long ago, Josh came up with information where he wanted to show the churches and Christians in general about how people do not take absolute truth anymore. He This is the quote, Josh McDowell. He said this, In 1991, 50% of our born-again church kids said there is no absolute truth. That's back in 1991. Then he goes on. He said in 1994, 62% said there is no absolute truth. In 1999, 78% of born-again church kids said there is no absolute truth. In 2002, 91% of our born-again church kids said there is no absolute truth. Now, that's mind-boggling to me, and I'll throw it over to you and get some feelings from you or some opinion you may have about it. If there's no absolute truth, isn't that the same thing saying that there's nothing absolutely right and there's nothing absolutely wrong. 
it's all over a matter of how you want to think of truth. But I have a right to think there's another way to think about truth. Uh, this doesn't make sense to me. Somebody help me here. If you add up one and one, what's the answer? Two. Right? Am I right or wrong? Sure, everybody listening believes that. One and one is two. But I don't believe in absolute truth. That means I can believe that one and one is three. I don't have to believe it's two. I think it's three. That's what these teachers are telling us. What might be true for you over here may not be true over there. So what do we do in our society today dealing with moral values or just truth in general? So that means, Ray, you could tell me something today that I don't think it's true, and I could say, I don't believe it's true, when you know with absolute assurance that it is true. What do we do with these things? You got a comment on that in any way whatsoever? Think of our culture today. Think of our kids. If we know kids, young children, are going to college as well as public school, and they're actually being taught that, there's no such thing as absolute truth. What do we do with these things? Well, if we're talking about the Christian community, if the Christian community, like it was, I think it was in, you said, 2002, the Christian children? Yeah, in 2002, 90% of church kids, Christian kids. That's what I'm saying. Well, then, if there is no absolute truth, and what are they Christians for? Why don't they take their Bible and throw it away? Well, that's a good point to think about. I mean, because if you don't believe of what Jesus said is absolute truth... Well, I believe whatever you hear. Well, this is what I'm saying. What am I reading the Bible for? I know it. I mean, there's something here that's not logical. That's, that's, and you made a very good point. There is definite hey. I guarantee you, this is the truth. The sun is going to rise tomorrow morning. You sure about that? Maybe it'll rise at night time. <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying. Of course, there's absolute truth all over the place. But I think sometimes now I'm going to get into something controversial here. Yes. But I think these college professors and these high school teachers, some of them, please don't let me paint them all with the same brush, don't teach people or their children how to think. They can't think. They can't say, I know that the sun is going to raise tomorrow. I know that one and one are two. They don't they can't think because the prof they take what the professor says as truth. Right. When it's not truth, you want something that's not absolute truth? Talk to half of these professors. That's right. And you'll find out. Well, you know, Ray, once, once upon a time before I became a Christian, I, I had that idea. I used to say to people, you know, if that's truth for you, that's fine, but it's not the truth for me. That's wrong thinking. Of course it is. That's, there is absolute truth. Yeah. Somebody's I mean, right and somebody's wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> that's kind of a, a play <laughs> on words, but yes, that's right. No, not everything is an absolute truth. No. Now, if some 
mathematical professor tells you that he can prove that one and one are four, that's not an absolute. It's just not absolute. Now, you're going to get people that are thinking, he might be able to put on a chalkboard someplace, X minus O, whatever, and make it come out uh, that one and one are four. But that's not right. it. That's really right. not right. That, That's not it. Imagine what this does to our world, Ray. Is that is that a good reason why many politicians lie? Because in their mind, maybe they think it's the truth. But we check the evidence, we find out that's not true. That's a lie. Politicians lie all the time. We kind of agree with that. I think that's because... I think they know that they're lying. I really do. I think they know they're lying, but they want to protect their job. Yeah, okay. So they'll lie to protect their okay, job. Okay, that could be another, yeah. another, another argument then. Yeah. But all right, let me ask this then. It says, as you said... In 2002, 91% of children who are taught the Bible in churches do not believe in absolute truth. Then who are these preachers who are teaching this? Well, I don't know, but what's the answer for that? Isn't that mind-boggling? Well, it's just not so. They're teaching a false doctrine. That's right. Because this, to me... The Bible is absolute truth. We're talking about absolute truth here. Yeah, yeah. The Bible is absolute truth. Yeah, that's right. I know that some people can read a story in the Bible and say, well, that's, boy, that's kind of a, off the mark a little bit. But with, through God, anything can take place. That's right. God is the one who is in charge, and God can change anything that he wants to and make the story maybe not sound reliable in our humanistic minds. Who could do that? Who could do, do it that way? God can do it. God can, God can do it. It's just like the story of Jonah. I know I said yeah. it before, but yeah. here is a story of they took Jonah and threw him overboard. A big fish comes swallows him down, he stays there for three days, then the fish regurgitates him up on the land, and then Jonah goes and saves Navinia. Yeah. Well, if you're going to think of this humanistically, it's kind of a fallacy. But if you're going to speak of this religiously, or, you know, the way that God can, God can do anything he wants. Spiritually, that story is true. We know it's true. We know it's true. Because, again, God can do whatever God wants to do. But I can understand that, Ray, where some stories can appear to be uh, mystical, uh, fictitious, or fairy tale. But we're talking about absolute truth. We know in terms of absolute truth, is what you're saying, that Jonah actually... Did go through those very things written about him. Some people have a choice not to believe it if they don't want to, and they could say it's not the truth. But we're sliding away from that when we talk about absolute truth because we know it's true because God said so. But on a human level, as many people say, it's it's just a fictitious story. It's it's, it's just a fairy tale type of story. But the point is, there is 
absolute truth. And this is where I'm touched by this incident with Jesus standing before Pilate. Jesus has already been beaten up badly. And now he's standing before Pilate because Pilate is put in a position where uh, he has to go along with the crowd who's crying out, crucify him, crucify him. And it's not that Pilate necessarily wants to go about it. It seems as if Pilate didn't want to go that far with it, but he had to. So he said, crucify him then in so many words. And so that's one reason why Jesus was crucified. It was had to be. God told us ahead of time. Jesus even told his disciples, I think it was at least three times, that he would be killed or crucified, but he would be raised up again after three days. So there's this kind of, uh, of an incident here that really causes me to think, or should cause all of us to think here, about truth. Because Pilate, he said it himself. When Jesus said, in so many words, I am the truth, Pilate just responded by saying, what is truth? That's happening in our culture, isn't it? I mean, uh, this kind of thinking, I mean, this kind of thinking continues to go on. I, I don't know how clear I am about it, and maybe we can laugh about it, and people <laughs> laughing to us might say, you know what, those guys don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, we know what we're talking about. Jesus is absolute truth. He didn't, he didn't say things that where he could change his mind. That's what I'm coming back to, the professors and the teachers and stuff like that, that, that say that they're teaching what biblical stuff that is not biblical. I mean, I don't, I don't quite understand how they can sit there and tell a kid that is going through their religious training that the Bible... That, right. that you know there's no absolute truth right they're reading the bible the bible is absolute, absolute truth. truth but the the teachers don't seem to be teaching that because what is it 70 percent of them or something right. like that they're are, teaching are, the opposite yeah that's right teaching look, look what happened yeah. to germany with hitler go ahead he brainwashed the whole nation they all into, followed him and they all followed him yeah it was because of how how deep he went into programming children and adults mm-hmm. with a lie. That's yeah. right. Yeah, they, yeah. Hitler had lots of lies yeah. uh, there, yeah. and and you're right about that. Um, and he got and Hitler got away with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wanted to kill all the Jews, and there were no complaints. Mm-hmm. People didn't stand up and protest. That's right. Like our country, you know, I think it's another subject, but in many mm-hmm. ways I wish our people and citizens would stand up and mm-hmm. say, no, we don't want to do that, what, what yeah. the leaders of this country want to do. But there's one thing before we quit, Pastor, if you don't mind. Uh, you can tell me about this. Uh, now, let me see where it was. And you know why you're thinking of that. I'd make one statement. I read the Bible every day because I know it's the truth. Mm-hmm. But what if they got me to believe there's no absolute truth? Then why should I believe the Bible? I can believe something else, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. No. Well, Ray's looking that up. <laughs> He's trying to find it. He'll get there eventually. 
But okay, yeah. it's, it's verse 31. Okay. Now, I got two pastors here. Right. Now, they're going to give me the right answer on this. All right. Then Pilate said to them, and now he's talking to the Jews. Then right. Pilate said to them, you take him and judge him according to your laws. Therefore, the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. How are we going to fit that statement in with the death of Stephen? Well, that's right, but that wasn't under law, was it? That was a crowd of people that mm -hmm. were rejecting the, the words of what Stephen was saying about God. But it was the Jews, because if you yeah. remember right, Paul was the one, well, at that time, his <laughs> name was Saul. Right. But he, that he was the one that kind of led that whole thing. So these were all Jews putting another Jew to death. Right. And this here says that, you know, it yeah. is against the law for us to put anyone to death. Well, that's right. I mean, you certainly couldn't crucify normally uh, Jews. I mean, they punished criminals, but they wouldn't put criminals normally, I don't believe, under Jewish law. And let's wait for somebody to criticize this statement. Mm. But they were, they were not allowed to crucify Jews, but they were allowed to put together, put together criminals and crucify them, but not another Jew. Okay, now we're not, I know that you, I don't think that you're talking about crucifixion because they stoned Jesus to death. Ah, uh, uh, Stephen, Stephen. Stephen. Right. So I just don't understand if it was against the law for them to kill anyone. It doesn't say uh, crucifixion or anything. It yeah. says that it's against the law for them to kill anyone. Mm -hmm. Now, did they have authorized did Paul get authorization from let's say the Roman Council or something like that? I don't I no, don't know. I, I, I think you know the law is one thing and then they stoned not only Stephen, they stoned others. They stoned mm -hmm. adulterous women. I mean, so the Jews did that, but under the law, it's sort of like a court law, as I believe it, and I could be corrected, and I'm so anxious for people to call us or write to us and correct our mistakes here. Mm -hmm. As I understood it, however, the Jewish law would not allow other Jews to be crucified. They didn't want to crucify their citizen Jews, but they would crucify criminals. Now, I'm not quite sure exactly how that's all put together, but that's how I remember it. I could be very wrong. I, now, I don't refreshed. know, Pastor. I'm asking the question yeah. because I don't quite... No. Go ahead. It uh, comes that. back to the Pharisees. Yeah. The reason Jesus got, Jesus got crucified and the Romans couldn't do it, yeah. it had to be blasphemy against God. That's right. And the Jew... Jew uh, the uh, Scribes and the, you know, right. others, they they made up lies about Jesus and called him blaspheming, which gave God, them permission, which to have gave him them permission to have it crucified because he blasphemed. Right. Okay. Well, well, this is what we ought to do. My opinion, uh, and for the sake of our radio audience. Why don't we get a little bit more of a grip on this for the next time we get together? 
uh, we'll make sure about that Jewish law mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. not crucifying Jews but crucifying criminals. And let's get it straight because we kind of indicate to our audience that we're a little confused. Yeah, I'm confused between crucifixion and the stoning. There's a difference yeah. between crucifixion and stoning. Oh, there is. And I'm uh, saying that they stoned Stephen to death. Yeah. And as I understand it, the Jews are the ones that stoned Stephen to death. That's right. Yet it is, it is against their law for them to kill anyone. To kill anyone? You mean... That, well, that doesn't the Bible well, say that? Well, they've stoned many people back in those days. Many people were... I mean, an adulteress, as I told you, along with others, were stoned to death. But it says it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. It's not lawful. It's, it's against the law for us to put anyone to death. Well, it was totally uh, acceptable in their way of life and their society at that time. Evidently, because they did it. All right, I'll tell you what. You prove that to us. (laughs) I haven't got got anything to prove. I'm I'm trying to find out myself what the story is. Well, that's why I'm saying the same thing, Ron. Um, We got our audience confused, which is good, which is really good. I wanted us to confuse the We got ourselves confused. So we we live a little bit because there's no absolute truth. That's right. Uh, We'll get back to it next time because we're out of time. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, somebody can call. Maybe somebody can call in and yeah. and tell us exactly uh, I, I, what's going on. I don't have any doubt that we have Bible students out there. Yeah, absolutely, we might have we have Bible teachers out there and professors or whatever. They could correct us in a minute about the wrong things that we've said, and uh, I hope they will. And hope they will. All right, let's give them how they can get in touch with us. They can get in touch with us. On, <laughs> Uh, they can send us a message right on Spotify if they want to. I have a mailing address, though. You can address your mail to Pastor Frank, P.O. Box 2003, Woburn, W-O-B-U-R-N, Massachusetts. Or send an email, host at agmradio.net. Friends, we're so glad and so happy that you could join us today and, and listen to this time we had together and uh, uh, we're going to go home and we're going to punish ourselves because we didn't have all the answers today <laughs> <laughs> and we know we made mistakes and uh, but you know what if i was doing a radio program on regular terrestrial radio i'd make sure i knew what i was talking about I didn't do that today. That's right. We just come here. We don't even know no. what we're going to talk about no. until we uh, get, put get on record. Yeah. And so that's, that's the way it is. It's just a conversation between right. two people that is, yeah. or three people, that's that, right. uh, like they're having a cup of coffee together. That's right. So we started a controversy, and that's good. Yeah. Because we right. want people to be in touch. With, uh, correct us, please. Yeah. Correct us, straighten it out for us wherever you can, okay? Send us a message. Right here from where you're listening to us. You could be hearing us in Maine, New Hampshire, anywhere in the world on Spotify. Just be a, send us a message. Thank you for being with us. We love you. Remember, it was Jesus who died for you on the cross. And here's something that is absolutely true. He will forgive you for all your sins and give you a brand new life if you accept Jesus as the one who died in your place on the cross because he loved you. Amen. 
God bless. Till next time, friends. Amen.